Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It is September 26th. This is Q&A 111. That's right, 111. So um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, in Florida, we have a big storm coming through this week, so I'm sure there won't be a lot of riding or barrel racing, um, but praying that the uh, Hurricane Ian slows down to just a cat one by the time it hits landfall in Florida and we just get a little wind and rain. So, but everybody please pack, you know, get your supplies, batten down the hatches and keep you and your family and four-legged babies safe. So, um, I just want to say to everybody that, you know, it's really important to understand my program. I'm going to get into some topics today. I've got a lot of Q and A's to answer. But um, but the really important to understand my program, I developed this group on a on a full program. I cannot uh, teach a thirty year program that I've developed and been successful with one D horses um, just on a one on one little video that I do of your competition. So it's really important to understand my um, program to listen to the podcast the q a to go to the members only website and and look at the videos there uh, start at the bottom with groundwork and um, then basics and dry work and drills and how i pattern and and how i fix problems and how to tune up your horse all that's there 150 videos in the group we do challenges for mindset and skill and just know that this is not something that's going to be an overnight success. There are people that have been doing this all their life and are still working hard to stay in the 1D competitively. There are people who've been just doing this five or six years and are just now moving out of the 3D or 4D into the 1D or 2D. Um, and again, some people, their horses are maxed out and they're happy with that, you know, they love their horse and they're enjoying it in the 4D or the 3D and that's fine too. The, the goal isn't so much about are you 1D or 4D, the goal is are you being the best horseman you can be? Are you putting your horse first? Are you enjoying it? Are you having fun? Are you improving yourself? Um, are you chasing goals that you're enjoying and, and gives you purpose and passion? There's a lot more to it than just that. So I just want to say that um, and don't forget to please use the search box in the group for things. Go to the members only page. Um, every week I put in training tip videos, uh, watch other people's reviews, learn from that too. If you really want to understand my program, you need to pay attention to all of it. Today we will be discussing chapter two of Rider Cues right out of my brand new training notebook that I've updated. And um, I want to tell you a story. Um, last week, as you guys know, my mare sister, um, I, I, I lost her last week. It was a really long three and a half months of watching her suffer. And I mentioned last week a few things about her. And, you know, I love that mare so much. She was a big heart, big heart, sweet mare. She was just such a pleasure to be around. Um, you know, our group is like family to me. You know, Autumn and Tracy just had baby girls. Um, Lisa's dealing with cancer and, you know, was breast cancer stage four. And now she's got tumors in her leg and um, she's dealing with that. And Gigi and Kelly and Jen all lost awesome 1D and 2D horses. And um, 
with every everything that happens to you guys great like births of children or horses or things like that or hardships like losing a horse or dealing with financial or health health issues all of those things i'm very i very much have a big heart and i care about all of you i know sometimes it may seem like i'm not there for some of you as much as i could be or should be but it's because i am trying to take care of a lot of people and it is only $15 a month. So just realize that I am very much thinking of all of you all the time and trying to do my best all the time for everybody. Um, but I want you to realize that something I, I didn't say about my horse um, sister, when I purchased her, um, she had things wrong with her. Like I always tell you guys to get a pre-purchase exam and there was a couple things with her like she didn't have the best front feet and she um had soreness in her shoulder that the vet wasn't sure why but it was a red flag and he encouraged me not to purchase her because of those things knowing i wanted to compete on her but i thought you know with my farrier and with my chiropractor and stuff we could get her going well but ultimately and she did she placed 1D at Futurity and Derby years, which are champions. She went on and did great in the open 2D um, open year and things like that. But slowly over time, she did become more arthritic. She ended up having two bones that touched in her neck that gave her a lot of arthritis. That shoulder did cause her some compensation issues. And then that caused compensation of her other hip and her front feet did get worse over time. And so all those things, she was my youngest of my four mares. I expected her to be here longer, but with the disease, Cushing's and the laminitis severity, it she was taken from me earlier. So I guess what I'm trying to say to you is when you do purchase a prospect, um, I just knew I loved her right when I met her. I just had a feeling she was right for me. And even if she had to just retire earlier from barrel racing she was awesome for everything else i wanted a horse i could go work cows on and trail ride and you know do lessons and clinics with and all of that and she was all of those things pony my babies and training horses and stuff with and i love her like crazy i miss her like crazy but i guess what i'm trying to say to you is if you do go to purchase a horse and the vet tells you you know, it's never a pass or fail. It's, you know, can this horse do what I want it to do? Will there be X amount of maintenance? Will they last? Will they break down? You know, those are all things to pay attention to because horses live a really long time. And if you're like me and you keep them forever, you want a horse that is physically and mentally going to hold up for you. And so those are things that are important to look at. But I wanted to also tell you, and I think this is really important, um, that no nothing is too big you know for for a dream or for god i think you gotta really believe in yourself and you have to pray big you have to dream big and i think you have to have faith that things can go the way you want them to there is no reason why i should have had a 30-year career in barrel racing training horses and clinics and lessons other than that's all i've ever wanted since i was in my early 20s and that's all I've ever worked towards. And I'm happy for the life that I've got to leave. And that I feel like it's my faith in God and everything. You know, even when I had to move from my big farm to this farm, all of those doors that were open for me, I felt like were from God. 
and you know my life continues to be that way I think that it's really important that we have a, a mindset a goal of where we want to go with things I think it's really important to set a daily goal in everything that you do like a schedule of what you want to accomplish um and you know with your barrel racing I know some of you want this to happen overnight and sometimes it's just not the right combination of a horse and rider sometimes things don't go the way that you want them to do some horses are harder some develop longer um, some are harder to ride some are slow developing um, but I, I really do feel like you have to um, work at being better all the time and improving your horsemanship um, you know just things like that if you would spend just each ride or run like our challenges last month for mindset was just each ride or run find one thing to improve on um, and then also find one thing that you're proud of that really does add up and it makes things better just like our personal best um, drawing is October 2nd we already have 25 names on it for the month of September which is awesome um, I also want you guys to remember this month's challenges are basics, always going back to basics. That can be your rider's cues. Are you riding with soft hands? Are you riding with your seat and your legs? Are you looking where you should be looking? Do you know how to sit balanced in the turns and stay out of your horse's way? Um, those are all really important things for rider cues, going back to basics for your horse. How is your horse when you get on them? Are they soft and light? Are they face flexing with light cues? Are they collected, speed control, perfect circles? Um, how's your relationship on the ground? Can you yield front end, back end, forward, backwards? Um, how light are they, you know, your connection? Can you yield the hindquarters? Can you yield the shoulder, um, all of those things are so so important and that's why this month is focused on that but for the mindset of this month um, that is an, an really important as well and this month I want you to recognize your mindset are you go or no go for um, your what you're about to do so that can be your barrel race are you are you uh, thinking positively i had a couple of riders this week say i'm afraid i'm going to hit a barrel uh, and they're not even at the barrel race yet they're just getting ready for the barrel race this weekend or you know um they're in their head too much what if i do this what if i do that those are all no goes those are things that you have to get out of your mindset you have to change it to a, a positive mindset of hey we have been practicing we are really doing great at a slow walk, a slow trot, a slow lope. I will do this in competition. I will look and ride to my spots. I will, you know, whatever your thing is that you have to work on, softer hands, sitting through my turns, using more leg, um, communicating with my voice with my horse, being more give and take with my hands, whatever it is. You have to realize when you are go or no go with your mindset. That's so important. So if you are already thinking negative thoughts before you even load up and head to the barrel race, you're already in the no go. So you have to learn to change your mindset. So it takes a lot, you guys. It's not just um, the skill. It's not just the mindset. It's experience too. It's experience in different arenas. It's education with speed. There's so much that goes into it. Also, the care of your horse, um, you know, going that extra mile to make sure they feel good. All of those things are so important. 
So I get a little wound up by Monday because I get so many videos from the weekend and um, I'm getting a lot of emotion. Some are happy because they met a goal. Others are frustrated. And so being the person that I am, I take it all in and I have to do some deep breathing and say, okay, encourage, give advice, recommend some drills, some dry work, some tune-up, changes in competition, etc. And I have to stay focused and I can't let that negative energy get me frustrated. I just have to, I have to help you understand that, you know, it is important that you understand it's not just one thing. There's going to be lots of ups and downs in barrel racing, just like in life. Um, and, and it's important that you don't give up and you don't get frustrated and you take it, you know, that it's not the end of the world. There's always another day the, the the sun comes out after the rain, you know? So I really am excited though for you guys. Right now we have so many awesome personal bests. Um, I, I, I'm very, very pleased for the ones that have, have met their goals. And the other ones, don't give up. Just keep working at it. So I'm going to go through some of the questions that came up. Um, you know, like I mentioned last week, I was extremely emotional over my horse. I, I she's just the sweetest mare and it's still I'm still miss her go to the bar and I say her name when the morning when I say other horses and it's just been difficult but but like I mentioned with her um it's important that you do work with your vet because good horses don't just start acting bad if you notice your horse getting a hot spot in the alleyway if you notice your horses um not wanting to turn a barrel it could very well be something like arthritis in the neck or in the hip or, you know, their foot hurts or, you know, you just don't know. There's so many things. It could be, you know, TMJ, dental, you know, it just so many things. That's why you need to work with your vets. Um, when people blame their horses, that frustrates me to no end because um, it's generally not the horse's fault. It's either how we're training them. Every time we're with our horses, we are either training them to be good or to be bad. Um, you know, like, especially if you're pulling on them in the turns and things like that, you're messing them up when you do that. So it's important you do things during the week on a loose rein and you're communicating with your eyes, your energy, your body, your legs and a loose rein. You shouldn't be pulling your horses to do anything um, on those reins. So, um... So anyways, those are things that I want you to think about. Um, this question was about cutting off the arc to the first barrel. So the biggest thing when I see you slicing first barrel is I know you're not riding to the third barrel or your arc. You're taking off from the alleyway and you're zoned in on the barrel. When that happens, your horse will slice it for sure. So a simple change would be to look at third when you're coming in the alleyway and look between your horse's ears, have even hands, everything about you is square going up the middle, then to your arc, and then your spot one and two. That will simply change a horse that's slicing that first barrel. A thing as you can do as a tune-up if they've gotten really bad about it is go like you're going to go to first, but instead of going to first, go to third and stop when you're halfway, when you're exactly between first and second and lined up with third, stop there, rest your horse, and then go to first and walk around. That is a massive arc, I know, but it's a good tune-up to tell a horse that when we go from the alleyway to first barrel, we're going to go to third and stop and relax, and that'll start teaching you and your horse to ride to the middle before you go to first barrel.
Um, the next question was about bits and bit changes. So about five of you wanted to change your bits this week, and that's great if you want to change your bit, but know why you're changing your bit. If you're changing your bit because you lack control, go back to basics. If you're changing your bit because your hands are too handsy, fix your hands. But if you're changing your bit because you're looking for a different feel, um, maybe you need a little bit quicker response time or maybe you want to free them up so you want to go to a lighter bit um, maybe a different mouthpiece makes your horses happier you know sometimes you want a bit that slides more or slides less or maybe you want a, a port bit or a molen mouthpiece or maybe a two or three piece or a chain bit there's hundreds of bits out there and it's trial and error you guys I, I can't tell you what's going to feel good to me may not feel good to you. I have certain bits that feel good in my hands, side pulls, hackamores, um, different bits that I like in my hands, but ultimately it matters what the horse I'm on likes. Some horses really like certain mouthpieces. So it's going to be trial and error. Find something, the lightest you can ride in that they like and the lightest um, that you can tune them in but get the response that you're looking for and understand that it may feel different. You might need one bit for training and one bit for competition. So sometimes you need less to train in for more bend and flex and a little bit more for a quicker response in competition or vice versa. Maybe you need a little bit more for tuning and a lighter bit so you can leave them alone and trust them in competition. So again, it's going to come down to rider's hands and what the horse is like. I do think you should ride in a bit, maybe five times to really know. I mean, some bits you'll put on and be like, nope, that's a big no. But you may have to ride in it, you know, four or five times at home and maybe two or three competitions before you know if you really like something. Um, you know, it just takes time. Me personally, once I find something my horse likes, I don't change them. I like repetition, consistency. I think it gives them confidence to not be changing things up on them all the time. So that's what I try to do. The next question was about a rider who's feeling extremely overwhelmed. So she doesn't even know at times where what she should be working on. So I'm going to give you five things, um, five steps to success. Um, first, write down your intentions. When I have to make big decisions in my life, I write down a positive and a negative and I weigh it out. You know, what's good, what's bad. Or when I'm trying to make decisions in life, I write down my goals. So write down your intentions and then set a date on the calendar for that. So if you want to, let's say, you know, go to, uh, let's say you want to finish in the top five in the 2D with a, a MBHA association, you're going to set a date on your calendar for that. And then number three, you reflect on it weekly and you, you track it and see how you're doing. And, and make any changes you might need to do. Number four, um, about every three months, you wanna check your goals and see if you're on track. So again, these are all important things to help you succeed. And then number five, you just make changes as you go. Never change the goal, but just change how you're doing things. All of that will help you. Um, these are things that will help you stay on track but other things can help happen, okay? So write down your intentions, one. Two, set a calendar date. Three, reflect on it, you know, weekly to track your success. That's why journaling is important. Number four, every quarter, every three months, 
track your goals, see if you're on schedule, and number five, make changes as needed. But remember, if, if things set you back, maybe a lame horse or financial issues or you're sick or your truck or trailer is in the shop, then things happen, you know. Don't give up. Keep going. Just reset your goals. You know, it, it's not something that, you know, sometimes a human calendar doesn't always work out, but you want to just try to pay attention to those details and then set your goals accordingly. And then the next question is about a horse pulling on me in the turns. Um, if your horse is pulling on you in the turns, you need to go back to the training pen and work on loose rein riding. Um, you also have to learn to let your horse work. If you pull on a horse, if they're trained properly and you're pulling on a horse, that's how they get problems. Um, you need to go back and work off your seat, your voice, and work on transitions, rating, responsiveness. Um, will your horse rate off your seat? Will they do a perfect circle off your body? Um, can you ride them with very light or no hands in all your slow work? Just a little pinky cue, give and take. Those are all things you need to look at. If you are pulling in your on your horse in a turn, you are not either A, you're missing your spots, or B, you're overriding your horse and you need to ride quieter and let them do their job. And if they're not doing their job, you need to slow down until you get it right. Okay, so um, a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, you know, to be a champion, you really need to act like a champion. You have to have a purpose, a passion, and a goal. I think it's great for your soul. I think tracking your progress and doing something a little bit every day is going to help you reach those goals. I think you have to stay positive and I think you need to um, challenge yourself by getting out of your comfort zone some, but it also um, will teach you how to be a champion and realize that it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. If you want to win, you have to 100% handle the downs with the ups because there's going to be a lot of those. You have to know that it's a, it's a long haul. It's a journey. It's a process. It takes years. It's not something that happens overnight. You have to work hard at it. You have to be patient. You have to, like I said, handle the downs, not just the ups. And you have to focus on the details of your horsemanship, every ride, your patience, your problem solving, consistency, repetition, attention to whether or not they're sore. How are they emotionally, mentally? How's your mental game? Um, there's so much in the day-to-day -day, just when you're grooming them or hosing them off afterwards. All the little details matter. So for many of you, if you've been with me for a while now, this group's been going for two years. You hear me say things like smooth is fast, less is more, have soft hands, use your body, use your hips, outside hip, inside leg going in, inside hip, outside leg coming out, be calm and confident in the alleyway for your horse, learn to breathe with big exhales, learn to have fun because ultimately that's why we do this um, and learn that if it's not going well, there's always another day. There's always another barrel race. And we are either learning or we are winning. <coughs> it's not the end of the world. So I really want to um, uh, stress that, okay? 
because I feel like um, some of you are just really hard on yourselves and you just expect the results right now. And sometimes just giving your horse some time off, go for a trail ride, just spend time connecting with your horse on the ground or on the, in the saddle on basics. Just getting away from the barrel pattern altogether is the best thing that you can do. And then trying to take some of that pressure off of you. Read my um, uh, my barrel racing log, the <laughs> performance tracker. The whole first page is 10 things you can do for your mental game that will help you in competition. Things you should and shouldn't be doing, like worrying about things you can't control or overthinking or putting undue pressure on yourself rather than learning how to breathe and trust your training and your preparation and focusing on one or two important things when you go to make your run, like looking at your spots and talking to your horse or something. So the rider's basics I want to discuss today. Um, I honestly believe this could very well be the most important part of succeeding in barrel racing. Um, I know you've all seen horses be ridden bridleless on the internet or at clinics. Um, that's not accomplished overnight. Um, it's not. It's just like me working with Rocky on Liberty. That wasn't accomplished overnight. That was a lot of time spent on a lunge line before I could get him to communicate just off cues on Liberty in an arena. Not a round pin, but a whole arena where he'll drive away from me and draw to me and having boundaries. Obviously, Rocky being a bottle-fed baby and being in my lap for two months, that horse is oral and he wants to be on top of me. So I have to drive him out of my space more than I draw him into it. He naturally wants to draw to me. So if you have a more skittish horse like Briscoe, she's always um, where I want to draw her to me because she'd rather stay away from, from me. She's more of a, a skittish horse. So every horse is unique and you have to treat them as that each and every single horse develops differently. So you can't go off of their age. Um, you have to look at their emotional well-being, work with your vet, see if they're physically strong enough to do what you're asking, especially on those young horses. Um, but you definitely are not going to accomplish things by kicking to go and pulling to turn. Um, it takes hours, months, years to communicate, to understand how to communicate with a horse and get the results that you want at all speeds from other parts of your being, like your energy, your eyes, your body, and your legs, and not your hands. It takes a lot of repetition and consistency. Fast speeds will only be your enemy and things will quickly fall apart if you do not know how to communicate with your horse at slow speeds. Let us start with the five ways that you would cue your horse while you're riding with them and controlling their five while you're working with them and controlling the five body parts from in the saddle. And obviously this should be taught on the ground beforehand. All of the below should be absolutely mastered at a standstill, then a walk, then a trot and a lope and so on. You do not go to the next speed until you've mastered the current speed. Education with speed takes time. There are a lot of gears between a lope and a full run. The five rider cues are eyes, voice, body, legs, and hands. The five body parts of the horse that you're going to be working with are the head, the neck, the shoulder, the rib cage, and the hindquarters. 
Now, there are times you'll use all five cues, and there's times when you may only use one or two of those cues. How much depends on the individual horse and the situation. Now, to control the horse's five body parts with these five rider cues, it's going to lead to connecting to their mind, which connects to hoof placement, and that's what improves your horsemanship. So um, when you'll be reading in the, uh, I'll be reading to you some stuff out of this chapter um, and also in the future chapters of my notebook, what cues will help you uh, when and where. But for now, we're going to focus on the main parts. So once your cues um, can move their body parts, you definitely are connecting to the brain and hoof placement, like I mentioned. Our goal is to have a calm, happy, and confident horse. Eyes are so important. Where you look is where you go. You want to mirror your horse. If your horse has a solid foundation, you want to be looking between their ears in a circle, a quarter turn ahead or in a turn um, in a straight line, maybe two or three strides ahead at all times, just like you would if you're driving a vehicle to keep it between the lines on the road. You don't look down their neck. Um, looking down their necks just going to make the circle smaller or turn the barrel too soon. Um, you don't want to get too far ahead of them because that's going to put them off balance. So it's something you can do by walking a five or ten foot circle and practice looking outside their neck and notice if your circle gets bigger. Practice looking down their neck and see if your circle gets smaller. And then practice looking between their ears and see what happens. It is so important. Um, TLC spots one, two, and three, the entrance, the backside, and the exit are very important that you're looking at those spots. So many of you will just hit a barrel because you know you look down their neck and at the barrel. So it, it's just something that I cannot stress enough that you have to be specific and not vague. Um, if you're vague, your horse is going to be vague. If you're specific, like owning a footprint or a piece of dirt next to the barrel or past the barrel that you want to ride to, that's going to be way better than looking like a deer in the headlight. The next thing is voice. You really need to communicate with your horse through your voice. Some trainers don't. They only use body language. But my mares always work their best when I talk to them. Whoa, here. Good girl. Easy. Quit. You know, they always, always knew my voice commands. So they knew woe was to rate, here was to turn, and smooch was to drive out. And um, your breathing is really important. Taking deep, slow breaths will calm your blood pressure, will ease your nerves, will relax your body. When you take a big exhale sitting on your horse, you pay attention to how you're sitting in the saddle. If you're balanced, if your legs are loose, if your shoulders are loose, or your rib cage is soft and relaxed, are you sitting on your pockets nice and smooth on your horse's back? All of these things really are important to keeping your horse calm in the holding pen or as you're approaching and walking down the alleyway. Um, it's going to make your horse enjoy being with you more. They'll be more relaxed. You can even try singing a song to help you relax if you get nervous. Um, there's a lot of things you can do for centering, but counting and deep breaths, um, or even just focusing on your horse's uh, mane while you're, you know, taking your deep breaths and clearing your mind. All of those things are really important. 
body, there's three main cues. You have a go cue, a rate cue, and a neutral cue. And you also have a turn cue, so it just kind of depends on what you're doing. But if you want to sit neutral, your shoulders, hips, and heels are all lined up. Your horse should maintain the speed that you're going. If you want to go a little faster, your shoulders might get in front of your hips a little, and you might roll forward on your inner thighs a little. If you want them to rate or woe, you're going to really sit on your pockets, pushing your seat into the saddle, letting your shoulders and ribs soften into your rib cage and into your hips. Um, that change in body will tell them to rate. If you add a little leg, they won't stop. If you take your leg off, they'll woe. Um, so your body position is really important. I like to over-exaggerate when I'm teaching and refine as I am going faster. So um, remember, if I'm going into a barrel, I want my shoulders and hips square. When I'm ready to start my turn, I'll turn my shoulder and hip a little. When I want to snap out of my barrels, I really use my inside hip and shoulder, and that'll teach my horse to snap out quickly. The next thing is legs. Legs is basically three things. Usually you use leg by the front cinch for shoulder and rib cage, legs by the back cinch for hip, whether you're putting a hip in or out, um, disengaging hind quarters or putting a hip in for a circle or a turn. Um, I also use scissor legs. Scissor legs would be my inside leg by the front cinch, my outside leg by the back cinch. That might help me for a lead departure or to keep a shoulder up and ribs out and a hip in, always using give and take pressure. And I always use a body and leg cue together or a hand and leg cue together. Um, I usually don't use them independently. Um, I usually have it backed up with something, uh, even voice. So like clucking for backing, I'll alternate my feet left, right, left, right, impulsion for impulsion, things like that. Um, so those are the main things to think about. Um, hands, hands is the one that get people a lot. I train in split reins so I can, um, make my reins loose for slow work and, work just one side of my horse at a time if I want to do more bend and flex. Um, and my training reins um, are different than my competition reins. Competition reins are adjusted short so that if I lope a circle one-handed, I don't have to move my hand more than an inch or two to get the reaction I want from my horse. They generally won't go past my saddle horn. Generally, they'll be an inch from my saddle horn, possibly when the chin strap's engaged um, at a standstill. And um, generally, my hands are going to be one hand off center most of the time, um, maybe two, depending on the individual horse and their headset. Um, but, you know, you don't want your reins so long that you get out of your six-inch box. The six-inch box you should stay in should not be higher than your horn, lower than your withers. There will be a go cue where you have two hands on the reins and your arms are extended, where your el elbows are not quite locked, but almost. That's your go cue. Your rate cue would be when you sit, your hands just come back and they're just about in front of the saddle horn. You can also do a shaping cue, which would be possibly just twisting your pinky under or bring your hand back and up an inch. And that can get you lateral or lateral and vertical collection as well or flexion. So there's basically, um, you can do bump, bumping and releasing two hands for rate or uh, one hand for shape. 
Um, there's a lot of different things you can do with your hands. When you get into a turn, you might go flat knuckle to get off their head completely. Um, you might go thumbs up and bend your elbow a little more to finish a turn or to start a turn, bump and release. Um, but you should always be aware that you're within at least an inch from contact of your reins, not having a constant pull or pressure on the rein at any time. So hands are so important. There's plenty of videos in the members only group on how to do that. Um, so there's videos on, on all everything for rider cue, for sitting down in the saddle, using the saddle horn properly, stirrup adjustment, rein length, videos for all of that at the members only. Um, balance is really important to you guys. Never doubt you are an athlete just like your horse. The balance needs to come from your core. Pilates is awesome for getting core strength. Um, it's also calming for the breathing as well. Um, but most cowgirls don't need to do extra workouts because you're riding horses, cleaning stalls, moving hay and, and wheelbarrows and everything else. But if you have to work out more, those are some suggestions to get your stomach strength and your stomach muscles strong. Um, but you should be able to have balance on your horse at a walk, trot, and a lope. Um, you should be able to ride maybe with a bareback pad or a saddle with no stirrups and not balance on your reins, but from the core of your seat. Your butt should never be slapping in the saddle. Um, it's important that you know how to sit on your pockets for balance. Um, so it is a good idea if you plan to run barrels at a full gallop and turn three times that you have good balance. Some people with some physical issues, maybe arthritis or you're getting older and your muscles aren't as strong. I've seen you use um, magic seats and things like that. And it's fine if you need something extra because of that. But I know there's ladies in my group that are in their 60s and 70s that work out three hours a week with trainers and stuff to keep their muscles strong. So it definitely is important that you're just as strong as your horse for this. Um, barrel racing because it is definitely physically demanding going with the strength of a horse leaving a barrel and that's something to pay attention to using your saddle horn pushing against your saddle with your palm of your hand to lock down in the turns and using your fingers to pull up on your horn so that a they don't leave you in the turns or throw you over the handlebars or b you don't get left behind when they leave the barrels and there's videos on that as well in the group and also at the members only website so I know I went over that really fast, but I try to keep our um, our segments to under 40 minutes, and I'm right at 38 minutes now. So that was chapter two of my training notebook. All of you got that in the email. You can also purchase it on Amazon, and I really hope that you also uh, <clears throat> look at the performance tracker. I really hope you're logging your barrel races so that you can track your performance and keep um, making improvements. So let's say next time you go to PacWest or Ocala, which one just passed, you can say, okay, last time I was here, I did this, I need to do that. Or last time I was here, this worked, so I'm gonna do that again. Um, it's all very, very important. So again, you guys, I want you to um, just keep staying positive. This month is all about staying positive. That's our mindset. And I promise you, it's easy to stay positive when life is going great. It's not as easy to stay positive when you have a hurricane coming in or your horse has passed away. But it's also, um, you can change that mindset and say, you know what? I'm prepared. 
God, God will take care of us, you know, or, you know, my horse and I had beautiful, many beautiful years together. And sadly, endings are always going to be sad and hard, but I'm thankful for the time that I had with them. Those are the way that you take and put things into a positive perspective. And it's so important. It's important for your success in life. It's important for your barrel racing success. So thank you for tuning in. And I hope this podcast was helpful for you guys. Um, You know, I I know it's really hard at times. I'm dealing with a lot of different types of barrel racers, a lot of different types of horses, and not one thing can fit for each one. Um, Again, a lot of it's going to be trial and error. But that's why it's so important that we have the Coach Now space to track your progress. You know, I keep track of your folder um, you know, what's going on, but I'm not going to be able to know your horse. Like, you know, your horse, I'm not going to know all the details. Like, what are you doing before you run? You know, your are, uh, do you have certain things you give your horse herbs or, or medicines? Um, do you warm up a certain way? Are you changing bits? Um, you know, what's going on in your head the moments before how's your horse behaving? Those are all the details, you know, and if it's important for me to know, you can let me know. But um, but the things I want you to start paying attention to are those details because that's what's going to get you successful. That's what's going to move you up that next division or shave off those tents. It's going to be everything in your horsemanship from how you care for your horse, how you connect with your horse, your foundation, your um, horsemanship, your mindset, your competition routine, you know, do you have a plan that you execute when you compete? Do you know your spots? Do you know what size arc your horse needs? Um, Do you know what cues are best for them? Do they listen best to your body and voice? You know, are your hands soft? You know, all of the details, you know, that are important. Did you override? Were you assertive, but let them work? These are the things that will get you to that next level in barrel racing. So thank you for tuning in. As always, ride with heart and God bless.